You are listening to the Sales Confidence Podcast by none other than the sales confidence coach himself, Brian K. McNeil. Tune in weekly to get tips and information to improve your sales that you can use right now. Stay tuned. The episode starts now. Hello, hello, hello. This is Brian K. McNeil, and we are in the Sales Confidence Podcast. That's right. We're in the Sales Confidence Podcast. This is something that we do once a week right here, um, right here via StreamYard. We're on hello to my friends on YouTube. Hello to my friends on uh, LinkedIn. Hello to my friends on Facebook right now. We're going to get it in. Now, today's topic. Today's topic is an interesting topic. Today, we're going to talk about the value of missed sales and the value of rejection when it comes to building your business. And there is some very real and tangible value in both of those things. And we're going to talk about it today. Now, I have been helping people to sell themselves and their services better for right at 30 years now, actually. I thought it was 29, but it's actually 30 because next month I'll be 54 years old. And from age 24 till now, in some sort of capacity, I've been helping people to sell better. And there are some things you learn after doing thousands of presentations and making thousands of sales and missing thousands of sales. There's some things that you learn from coaching hundreds of people on how to sell and, and you know, a bunch of different organizations and associations on how to sell. There's some things you've learned. And what I've learned is there's some very, very real value in missed sales and rejections. So now I'm 54, but I haven't always been 53, 54 years old. I remember young Brian back at let's say age 18, 19 years old, in the army at Fort Bragg, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, an airborne soldier. I'm jumping out of planes. I'm super fit. I'm playing basketball for the post team. So I'm playing basketball for work. Part of my work is playing for the company's team. And I'm playing basketball on the weekends. So my body was fit and rock hard. And I had high, high energy levels and I'm jumping out of planes. So I had a whole lot of confidence in my ability to defend myself and protect myself when I'm landing. All those things was the case in young Brian McNeil. And I used to like to go to the club. I used to like to go to the club and get my dance on, pick up a pretty lady, that kind of thing. That's what I wanted to do every weekend, really, for me. And what I learned was even though I was super confident in my abilities and handsome and all that kind of stuff, not every woman would say yes to me. Matter of fact, I learned that for me, to, it took me about three rejecting, three rejections before the fourth one said yes to my advances to go out there and dance. It seemed like it was like a trend for me. I would have to ask, hey, sweetheart, you want to get out there and get that dance on? No, not right now. Hey, you want to dance with me? No, I don't really like this song. Can you come back later? And I didn't go back later. <laughs> but after about three, I always I noticed that the fourth person that I asked to dance always said yes. Now, this is unscientific, 
but it was my numbers. The fourth person always said yes. The fourth person was always with it. So I developed this callus. I developed this thought process. I had to get my first three rejections out of the way so that I could have a fun night. So my strategy became like when I first get the club, I'm going to look around. I'm going to ask the prettiest woman in the place, the star of the place, because the prettiest woman never dances. <laughs> anybody. So you ask her first because she's going to say no. So she, I just used her to be part of my numbers. And then I would get the other two out of the way. And I noticed that by the time I got to my third rejection, I was I was approaching the third rejection with excitement, with enthusiasm. I was happy to get it out of the way because I knew whoever was next, no matter who I picked, they were going to say yes. So it made me feel good to say, okay, cool, this is one. My attitude was good. I kept my smile up. Great. The third one said no, because the fourth one, I had my pick. I felt good. I wonder how much of that was just because of my attitude, because I knew that the next person that I asked was going to say yes. My confidence level was high. It probably exuded right off of me that they were going to say yes. That was my unscientific numbers. And back then is when the, the, the thought began for me. There's value in rejection here. Hmm. Fast forward to when I entered the world of professional selling. I started out selling as a straight commissioned home improvement salesperson. And they told me this fantastic number when I first started. They told me that one out of 10 presentations ended up being a sale. So if you do 10 presentations, you'll get one sale. That's what they told me. They told me that as if it was law. And young Brian brought into that. Now, I certainly got those numbers much, much more compact once I learned how, what I was doing. But they basically made it seem you do 10 presentations, you're going to make a sale. Back then, the average commission on the sale that we were making was around $2,000. So if I wanted to make $2,000, I had to do 10 presentations. If I wanted to do four, make $4,000 that month, I had to make sure that I did 20 presentations. And simple math taught me, okay, if I'm, it takes me 10 presentations to make $2,000 $2,000 divided by 10, that meant that the average presentation, whether they said yes or no to me, was worth $200 at least. If they said no, it was worth $200. So I got that number in my head because I know I'm going to make two grand every time I do 10 presentations. So every presentation, it was as if, and I embraced this, every presentation was as if whether they said no or not, I'm still getting $200 out of that. So I would drive there with enthusiasm. I would get my mind ready for that because every presentation contributed towards my big commission. So every presentation was $2,000 to me. Hmm, that got into my head. Okay, so that was my numbers at the club. That was my numbers there in the presentations to get to my money. And what I've learned over the years that there is some, there are some things about the way you sell yourself and the way you sell your services that you can only learn from missales and from rejections. In the, I guess this was the 80s, maybe, maybe the 90s, there used to be a TV show called A Different World. And there was this one character on a different world. Her name was Whitley. I think it was Whitley Gilbert. And her real name was um Jasmine Guy. Jasmine Guy was very pretty. She um, 
she played the the bourgeoisie kind of character on the show, but she was also a Broadway actress. And she was in an interview one time, and they and they talked to her about what was the key to her success because she now she was a big success on this national TV show that was very popular. And she was talking about how when she was interviewing and trying to get on plays and she was showing up for auditions and she was getting turned down all the auditions. No one said yes to her. And she came up with this thing that was in her head. She started asking herself questions like, and if I had just, if only I just, if I had just, and she found herself saying to herself every time she got close and didn't get the part, if I had just did it this way, I would have got the part. If I had just did it that way. And then Jasmine said, and then one day you just, and it's beautiful. You know, it goes from if I had just to you finally learn to just, and it becomes beautiful and it becomes magical. Something about that. So she learned this way, didn't quite get it. That way, didn't quite get it. If you tweak it this way, tweak it that way. Cat Williams does a bit about when you're coming up. And he uses a, a profanity that I'm not going to use in this video, but you're trying this and you're trying that. And then you try it this way and you try it that way. And then you're trying it like this and you're trying it like this. And then finally, one day you figure it out and then da 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 da. Okay. There's value in trying it this way and trying it that way. Here's the challenge, though. You don't get to find that value unless you will try it this way and try it that way and try it this way and try it that way. There's value and trying it and it not working. How much fun would life be if all the shots you took went in? How much fun would bowling be if every time you just threw it down that lane, it was going to be a strike? How much fun would everything be if all you got was success? How much would you enjoy your life if all you had was sunny days with no rain ever? Okay, never any rain. You would miss the rain. You need the sun and the rain. You need the winning and the losing. That's part of the joy of it. You need the discovery of it. You need the trying and failing to appreciate the trying and succeeding. Message. You know, in selling, there's this thing called, and it's a scientific term for this, it's called call reluctance. Call reluctance. That means the reluctance to offer your services or the reluctance to make the sales call, or the reluctance to uh, send out the email, the, the reluctance to doing the outward approach, the outward reach that could result in the money. And all of us entrepreneurs, we have call reluctance to a degree. Now, the people who have conquered call reluctance largely, they've, con they've overcome themselves, they've conquered the, the fear of asking for business and being told no versus the people who have large degrees of call reluctance and have not yet conquered that demon. The money income difference between the ones that have conquered that versus the ones that haven't conquered, conquered that is immense, is immense. The people who have conquered call reluctance, who've gotten over the fear of at least offering their services, they earn on average about 40 times more than the people who do have call reluctance. Now, I get that stat from a book I have, very thick book, but it's a really popular book in my home. I like it a lot. It's called The Psychology of Call Reluctance. And it was done by behavioral scientists. Now, behave, now normally I reject um, 
sales books that are written by behavioral scientists because they haven't actually been in the field. They don't actually know what living, breathing people actually say. But this book seemed to have some stats in it and some stuff that resonated with me. But that's that's how I normally feel about it. Unless you've actually attempted to make some sales, unless you've actually made some sales, unless you have a track record to run on, a history of success making actual sales with actual living people, I tend to discount any counsel that you may have. I do. Okay. I have been in the field. I've been in the trenches. I made sales. I made my living on straight commission. I sold a lot of different things too. But so I've been in the game long enough. 30 years I've been devoted to selling and teaching others how to sell. I've read more than 700 books. Yes, that's true. More than 700 books around sales, sales management, and self development. But that's where all those books come from. And over time, when you read so much and you get a chance to practice so much, you develop philosophies, philosophies that tend to work for you. The philosophies that I believe tend to work for me are that it's worth asking. You know, I'm about to give you some cliches now, some cliches, but you miss all the shots that you don't take. You miss all the shots that you don't take. You all the fruit is out there on the limb. You can't steal second base with your foot still on first base, right? Babe Ruth was at one time considered the king of home runs because at one time he had more home runs than anyone else. At the same time, he had more strikeouts than anyone else. So he had more home runs and he struck out more often than anyone else. Just as easily as he was known as the home run king, he could have been known as the strikeout king the king of strikeouts, but no one did that because the swings that you take, that you strike out, don't count. The ones that actually count are the hits, the home runs. There is value in learning how to overcome call reluctance. One of the ways you overcome call reluctance is put value on each of the actions. One of the ways you overcome missed sales is understand that. And I heard this one stat too in my development years that's really, really carried me. Someone once told me or I read somewhere that every sale, every presentation, excuse me, every presentation you give, Brian, will result in a sale at some point. Every single presentation that you give will result in a sale at some point. And here's the hook on that. It's definitely going to end up being a sale, but it's either going to be a sale for you or for somebody else which taught me, because I wanted, if I did the presentation, I wanted to get the sale, whether they bought that day or they bought the next day or next week or next year. So I taught me that everybody that I presented to, I had to stay in touch with so that when they did go ahead and buy, they'd be buying from me instead of me making it an easy sale for some other guy who hadn't done the legwork that I did. Because if I did all the work and got them all ready and almost them, mosted them and didn't follow up at all, the next person that walked in would get a sale. And he got that sale because of the efforts and the work that I put in. But I didn't want to give it to somebody else. I wanted to get it myself. So I learned that there was value in missed sales. I learned that there was value in rejections. And I've also learned that I've learned more on my missed sales than I did on my winning sales. I learned more on the ones I missed than on the ones that I hit. And you do need to learn more. The more you learn, the better you get at your game, the more you earn. That's not just a cliche. That is the truth. 
You'll be surprised at how much better your world gets when you get better. This is Brian K. McNeil, and I want this is the Sales Confidence Podcast. This is a relatively young podcast, and today I wanted to talk to you about I wanted to talk to you about um, the value of rejection and the value of missed sales. The real value of them is what they help you to become. You become a better version of yourself. And when you miss some and swing again, when you try and try again. Again, Brian K. McNeil, the sales confidence coach. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me yet again on the Sales Confidence Podcast.